Welcome to the Marketing Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Shane Barker, and my guest today is Diedrich Breckenridge, CEO and founder of Pure Performance Communications. She's a marketing veteran who has written over 10 books on PR and social media. In today's episode, I'm going to talk to her about her book writing process and get tips on how to get started with writing a book. We'll also talk about her career and her journey as an author. So let's start this thing off. So just so I can kind of get a little, we'll kind of set the foundation for the podcast. Like, give us a little bit, like, where did you grow up and like your family? Kind of give us a little bit. I mean, are you, are you always on the East Coast? Yeah, so I've always been in New Jersey, <laughs> born and raised, although um, even though in the 80s I had big hair, <laughs> like a Jersey girl, you can't tell now, let's put it that way. <laughs> I was like, so you were a big, did you have stocks in Aquanet or anything like that? Or was that just... <laughs> you know, when we were in college, yes, um, actually, I should have invested in Aquanet right. because that was the blue hairspray that got our hair about a foot off of our head in a banana clip. That was it. Now, I knew you looked familiar. I was like, wait a second. I think I remember her from, no, I was, I was always a West coast boy and I, I did go out to the okay. East coast a little bit, but I do, I actually like the big hair. We had that little bit on the West coast too. And it was, I just know the prep. I know my, one of my ex-girlfriends, this is, I don't know, 30 years ago now, I don't even, maybe four years ago. It's just crazy. Like the amount of prep that that would take. Cause I do understand that the struggle is real. You know, we, we would go out at 11 o'clock for the sole reason that it took at least four hours <laughs> to yeah. get your hair that high off your head. The prep is serious. I, I do get that. Now with mine, I know you're looking at mine and thinking it might take three or four hours. <laughs> I know a lot of people go, God, it's with the amazing what you do with your hair, Shane. And I go, well, thank you so much because there's not a lot left and we're just trying to hold on to what we have left. So that's that's kind of the goal there. So, all right. So you grew up in the Jersey area, right? Um, yes. How big family did you have? So five in the family. Uh, I had two older brothers. I was the baby. So yes, they protected me. I was going to say well protected for sure. Yeah, well protected, but they also teased the hell out of me and they wrestled with me and and I just feel like I grew up being a little bit tougher. Yeah. I had to have a tough skin to be hanging out with two older brothers. Yeah, no, absolutely. They always, it's always nice because once again, they, the protection side of things is great, but then they also treat you like a guy probably when it comes to wrestling and stuff like that, and what, which has its <laughs> yeah. values down the road. Like if you have to get in a wrestling match or you're fighting sure, a sure. or something with them. Which I do frequently. I, no. I, you know, <laughs> I know you're a big wrestler. We'll, we'll bring that up a little later on because I know that was kind of a, a side fact. But speaking of side facts, is there any interesting facts that like the audience wouldn't know about like you growing up? Is there anything that you're like, I haven't told anybody this, but <sighs> I used to professionally or anything like that? Nothing. I mean, grow growing up, I, I lived in an interesting town. It was this little square one mile town where Washington either slept there or went through there. And a famous trader was tarred and feathered in my brother's backyard. <laughs> so Go. His house is a part of the National Historical Society and they give tours through that home. So that's like an interesting So fact. it really is. So they really, so it's actually a historical, like a monument or something where people would go through. Oh yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Tarred and feathered. Huh? Who knew that? that Tarred and feathered. That's, that's exciting. Do they still do that? Does your brother still do that with any of the family members at Christmas? Or No, no, thank goodness. We, we've, we've moved away from that. That's good. That's <laughs> now good. we just bust chops. There we go. That's, <laughs> and that's what Christmas is all about, right? And wrestling, obviously. <laughs> Which is good. Exactly. That's exciting. So what college did you go to? Did you stay in, in New Jersey to go to college or did you break outside of New Jersey? I did. I stayed in New Jersey. I went to Glassboro State College and I'll never forget years later after I graduated, the college wanted to change its name to Rowan University. Mm -hmm. And Mr. Rowan had given, I think it was a hundred million dollar donation wow. to Glassboro State College. And a lot of my alumni peers were upset 
that they were going to change the name. And I just thought to myself, listen, if Mr. Rowan wants to give that much money, then by all means, let his name be on that school. I feel like $100 million is a pretty good reason to get your name on a school. I think it was that. I, I just know it was the largest donation at the time, yeah. which is pretty cool. Is really and they've cool. done a lot at Rowan as a result. And I think that's good. Obviously, I think that's awesome when people, you know, obviously if you make that kind of money and then you're able to give back and it, it obviously helps the community. I think that kind of stuff. And I think a lot of the times, you know, a lot of those donation things, the kind of the, hey, thanks for doing this is the fact, hey, we'll put a monument. You know, I guess it depends on how much you donate, but you don't right. know, you're probably <laughs> going to get a college name after. Right. Name on the building yeah. or name or on the entire school. You own everything. Yeah. Just that's all you gotta yes. do. All it takes is 100 million people, folks, That's to right. be able to rename a college. Which this was, when, do you know when this happened about the 100 million? This was probably a little while ago, huh? Gosh, this was years ago, but it was definitely long after I graduated. Uh, gotcha, but, gotcha. you know, if it's been within the last 10 or 15 years... That's- I want to say. Yeah, gosh, that's crazy. $100 million. Yeah, I can't. I plan on to my college, I'm actually going to donate, I think, $1,000. And we're going to kind of see what I can do with that. Maybe a rock or something like that. I'll say, maybe not even Shane. I'll probably say like SB or something in the front. It'll be by a tree or something just to have gold. Hey, hey, there you go. <laughs> I mean, we got to start small, folks. I mean, I, you know, right? We'll yes. start the small rock and then eventually we'll have small rock and then, then build up from that's, there, Shane. It's all foundation. <laughs> it's something, definitely. It is. We got to start somewhere, right? I mean, that's, that's really what it comes down to. Small rocks, folks. That's where we're at. Well, cool. So tell us a little bit. So, okay, so your college, you're literally a Jersey girl, right? So you grew up in Jersey. Yep. Bruce Springsteen fan, by chance? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, you had to be. Yeah, I mean, how do you not? Like, I, I, mean, like I was a Bruce Springsteen. Exactly. If, if you weren't a Springsteen fan, there might have been something wrong with you. Yeah, right. I mean, <laughs> if you were hanging out with my friends, anyway. Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to say, it's almost, that's like dangerous. Didn't, I, weren't you part of his gang? Didn't he have like a gang there in Jersey, I think, kind of? Or I think the whole city was like, <laughs> right? I mean, everybody was, I can only imagine Bruce was like the man. He's still the man. I mean, he was born in the USA. He's still the man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it was just one big unspoken gang yeah. and rule. Yeah, yeah. I would not want to go to Jersey and be like, you know what? I am not a Bruce Springsteen fan. I think that would not end well for you or anybody, not me, you. <laughs> it would suck for me. And are you currently in Jersey as well? Like right now? Yeah, I'm, I'm still in New Jersey. So I'm in Marlboro, uh-huh. which is central Jersey. I, I always grew up in North Jersey, spent college in South Jersey. That's where Rowan is now. But central Jersey is just perfect because you get more green. Uh, so there's property. There's still farms down here, which is really nice. Um, North Jersey is a lot busier, smaller property. And I kind of felt like I just wanted to be away from, it's very close to New York City where I used to live. Yeah. Just want to be away from the hustle yeah. and the bustle. Yeah, I think that's, I think in it, for me, I'm, I'm the same way. Like in the beginning, it was like, I want to be in the city. I want to be in the, the mix of everything. And every day I want to hear the honking and this. And then you get, I think when you get older, then it's like, I just want some a little quieter. I don't necessarily need a farm. I need to be close to a farm. Like, you know, I need, yeah, I just like to look at it. Yeah, yeah, I can tap. You know, every so often. Yeah, 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 I can tap into it. But I, I love, I love the energy of the city. So when I'm there, it's amazing. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't think I could maintain that energy 24-7. I literally never sleep. I'd be so jacked up on the energy yeah, yeah. that it's good for me to go to a little quiet time. I like that. Be able to disconnect a little bit. No, I get that. I get that. Yeah. So cool. So what was, so after you, you graduated from college, what was your, like your career path? Like, how did you get to, I mean, cause there's like, honestly, there's like, I, I told you this earlier, there's like 50 things that we can talk about accolades wide that you've done. So I'm always interested in hearing that journey of like, okay, Hey, I, after I graduated from college, 
this is what I did. I'm really interested in because you've written books, you're a speaker, you've worked at, you did a, you were a teacher or a, a professor at the university. So kind of give me like a little rundown of how that all, how that all played out. Yeah. So I'm a writer. I mean, writing is a part of everything that I do. I'm a storyteller. I like to say I get executives and entrepreneurs and business professionals unstuck, right? So they can be seen and heard and build relationships. But basically, my writing, you could go back to fourth grade where I have a fourth grade teacher who would just swear (laughs) I was going to be an author. But it really started when I was in college. I wrote an essay contest. I I entered an essay contest for WOR Radio. Mm. And of course, I, I won that contest. And my guidance counselor, who was a mentor at the time, said, you know, you have a knack for writing. Why don't you select a career where you can always write? Now, you have two choices. You can be a journalist or you can go into public relations. And I said, oh, okay, what, what is this public relations thing? And when he explained it to me, I thought, you know what? That's the way that I want to go. And right out of college, even before I was graduated, I did two internships at a, an agency in New York City. And from there, I was hired by that agency. And I just fell in love with the writing part of my job, working with the media, getting communication out on behalf of a client. And that kind of led into always working for somebody else's agency for about 10 years. Mm -hmm. And then when I was running somebody else's agency, I said to myself, I could do this for myself. I'm already doing it. (laughs) It's just in somebody else's name. Exactly. And, And simultaneously, I was getting my MBA. And, you know, getting your MBA teaches you all the skills about business. So, you know, my concentration was in marketing, but I was learning the business skills as well. And I thought, you know what? What the heck? I'm going to launch my own little company. And I did. And my employer at the time became my client and I got a handful of other clients. And then one of my clients, which was a larger agency in New Jersey, acquired my little agency. And I stayed with that agency as a partner for about 14 years. And then after, you know, you build something up, you're kind of like, oh, okay, now where do we go? And I turned to Paige and said, ooh, after writing books and speaking and doing all sorts of in- interesting projects, I think I want to be a consultant now. And that's when I started Peer Performance Communications. Ah, gotcha. So that's the transition. So, and now today you do your heavy on consulting. Yes. So I do a lot of consulting and training and speaking. And it's just, it's the difference between, I love the agency world. There's no doubt about it. But we always were working more product, PR, and marketing. Mm -hmm. And now I get to work one-on-one with executives, with entrepreneurs, with business owners who want to turn a page to their story, who have to figure out how do I reinvent myself because media is always changing and how do I build my credibility and thought leadership? And that's where PR comes in. So I took the best of my world and just brought it over into the consulting. And that allows me to write my books and to teach and to be a podcaster, you know, women worldwide. Yeah. So many things. It's great. I can design my day as an entrepreneur. Yeah. And that is, that is the fun part, right? I think when you get to a point where you foundationally, you've done a lot of the, this really cool stuff and it sounds like your journey has been pretty kind of like you knew where you were going to go. Like all you did is talk to a guidance counselor and, and they probably said, to take on PR, not to take over PR. And you heard take over PR and then you went ahead and and did what you did. So 
tell me a little bit. So you also have a book, the answers for the uh, modern communicators. So I'm assuming this probably ties in directly with your consulting business, right? Of like, Hey, how we get the word out from a PR perspective, personal branding, stuff like that. Like, tell me a little bit about your book. Absolutely. Thanks. I appreciate you asking. So this book has been, I've been creating it for years. It, it started in 2003 because that's when I started doing research around social media. Believe it or not, there weren't a lot of PR people at the time yeah. who were focused on social media. And I was, and everybody was asking questions and it was all around the pain points. Yeah. So I started curating and I got a little sidetracked with some other books that I wrote. And finally, I think it was in 2015, where the questions became fast and furious through Twitter, on my blog, through Skype, LinkedIn, email. And I thought, you know what? Some of them are repetitive. Everybody wants to know questions in certain areas. So I carved up, you know, I saw questions around relationships. I saw questions around reputation. I saw questions around mentoring. I saw questions around social media and socializing your brand. I took all those questions. There's over 156 of them. I carved them into chapters and I answered them all. And I included in every chapter, other experts, other influencers who could share their answers or their guiding principles. And that became my book. I think that's awesome. I was going to ask you, because obviously you've written a lot of books. I, and I think I've talked about this and, and potentially talked about it and whined about it a little bit. I have a book that I'm you know working on and I've only been working on it for 40 years now, right? I feel like. Oh, uh, yeah. And it's going oh, to come out in 2096. Mm-hmm. So I'm it's right <laughs> around the corner. So I'm super excited about that. But somebody like you're pumping out a book like every three hours. How do you, like for me, like I'm just a little envious, but you're, yeah, it's also because your main thing is a writer. But like, I love the idea of like, you grabbed all the questions, all the, the pressing questions that people asked you and then you answered them and then brought in other experts. For me, I think that's something that I could, that I could put together, which I think is yeah. an awesome idea. Tell me about some of your other books. I mean, I'm sure each one of them have been a little different. Like, how do you I mean, mainly this is like me not even caring about anybody that's listening. This is like literally, this is, I actually did this so that I could, instead of hiring you as a consultant, I could ask you these questions. That's the reason <laughs> I had you on the podcast. I was like, what is the cheapest way that I can get to one of the best PR people in the world? I know I'll have her on the podcast. That's, well, I'm happy to share. There we go. This is it. This is the, and you know, so anybody else, if you want, probably want to hire as a consultant, but if you don't put her on the podcast and you can ask her all the questions. So this is, that's my, my, my snippet of, uh, of information for the day. So how, I mean, how do you do that? Like, how do you put together six different books? I mean, like, cause obviously it looks like some of them you kind of start and then you have some other ones that kind of take precedence. You're like, this is kind of more exciting. Like you have six right? At least six yeah, yes, that are six. under your belt. So give me some little, give me a little intel. Give me a little, some insight on that. Straight up. All you have to do is listen to what everybody's complaining about all the pain points and your, your peers or whoever you're writing for are extremely vocal. So what I did early on was I started listening on Twitter mm-hmm. and when you listen, people openly share. So I told you about answers for Modern Communicators, which I got a lot of questions on Twitter. Yes, that became a part of my book. But the book before that is called Social Media and Public Relations, Eight New Practices for the PR Professional. That book was born from all of my peers and all the communicators around me who didn't understand when social media came on like a lion, or at least we felt that way and we were behind the eight ball, they didn't understand their role. 
responsibilities were changing. It, it all seemed so crazy in the areas of crisis, in the areas of being um, you know, a, a content person or being a relationship, building relationships. How do you do it? So what I did was I just went in and crystallized practices. I developed eight practices to say to all my peers, this is what you've been asking for. There's been so much confusion around the area of reputation. Here's the practice. Here's everything that you need to do in the practice, all the steps. Oh, and by the way, here's five influencers who want to talk about it because they're doing the right thing. And that's how the chapters were formed. It's always kind of the same, I don't know, way that I go about it. It's, I, I rarely ever say, I want to write a book on. It's because something is going on that just comes at you and you say, wow, I really want to solve this problem. And, and that's what I'm doing. It's like when you do you watch Shark Tank at all? Yeah. Okay. I do too. And they always say that entrepreneurs who are, are solving a problem come up with the best companies, the best products. And it's the same thing with your book. You're, you're solving a, a, a problem and you're giving people the steps on, on how to move forward. Well, and I think that's a such a valuable point of like, because it's so funny when you say it, it sounds so easy. Like I'm like, yeah, you just, I got to do is listen a little more. Right. Which I, I feel like, like, like my wife is right next to me saying, you just need to listen a little more. And I'm like, what did you just say? Like, I, I feel like when you <laughs> say it, it's like, you know, it's, that makes sense, right? It's like, obviously there's a need, right? So what happens with entrepreneurs is there's, a, there's an issue, they see an issue, right? They say, oh, there's not a solution for this. And I, I seem to have this problem, right? And so maybe now I can start a business that will take care of that problem. And for you, it's, you had enough people that are asking these types of questions and you said, you know what? Like, instead of me sending, you know, responses to 50 people, why don't I write a book about exactly. it? Because there's a need there. And so I'll go ahead and answer those questions. And I think this is another thing that we do in regards to content is once again, what are the pain points, right? What are the pain mm-hmm. points of your potential client? So what we look at is kind of the same thing of like, if you can answer in blog posts, the answers to these questions, then for you, you're answering these questions, but you put it into a book. And so now people are buying it and you're a thought leader in the space because of that. I love that. I, I, I like, I said, the, the book thing is, is, you know, something I, like I said, I will come out with it one day, but I love the fact of talking with people on, on how they come up with it and how they, how they put their books together. Cause everybody's process is a little different. I think yes. the underlying message, and this is like literally for, I'm saying this out loud just for myself is just to do it right. It's just to get it. Yeah, it is. It's to do it. And I, I've always worked with big publishers. And I think one thing that I've learned from the large publishers, so Rutledge is my publisher now, but I've worked with Prentice Hall, Financial Times Press, Pearson. And I always create, once I know what this book is going to be, before I even start, I always do this annotated table of contents, which just kind of fleshes out What's this baby going to look mm. like? And how am I going to stay on track? Because otherwise, maybe my books wouldn't come out until 2096 either. No, <laughs> you know? then we'd both be competing for that same year, which would suck because I, I haven't come up. <laughs> and you're pretty famous last time I checked. So that would really suck for me. So if you could do it a year before, oh, thank you. that would be awesome. So yeah, structure helps too. I think that's the thing is I think structure is probably the key and a starting point, right? Is like, of like, hey, let me see what this is going to look like. Of course, I will continue to evolve and change. Yes. But it's interesting to me. It's interesting. I'm, I am, I think I just need to probably talk to like three more people on the podcast. And I actually have Andy Crescidino who, who actually told me, he's like, next time we talk, you better have like 
you better have pieces of this already put together. And he kind of threatened me in a nice way, which is unfortunate because now I can never talk to Andy again because then he's going to call me on my oh, stuff, no. right? So it's like, I just, I can't, I don't want to be held accountable or anything like that. So I got to <laughs> make sure to avoid him. But yeah, that's awesome. So I'm, I'm going to think about that. This is, I think that's the way that you came up with it, which is naturally makes sense of just listening to what people oh, are saying. And one more tip yeah. for you yeah. as you're kind of streamlining to your book. So it's not 2096. You don't have to always just sit at your computer. I mean, and I'm sure, you know, I wrote my book on my smartphone on Evernote. So when I wanted to answer a question, because Evernote is synced to all my devices, I just go in and I would talk into my phone and answer (laughs) the question. And then I could later go to my laptop. I'd get it in Evernote and then I'd dump it into my chapter. Oh, first I put it in Grammarly because you always want to make sure, right? Mm -hmm. Not that you're, you know, if you work with a big publisher, they're pretty strict and they always check things. But for all of the self-published authors out there, Grammarly is great. But that way, it's not so much pressure on you, Shane. You don't have to be like, oh, I have to sit at my computer and produce a chapter. No, record it. I am actually, so it's funny that you talk about Evernote. I love Evernote just because, once again, you can do the audio, you can write stuff in there, you can write notes, and once again, it's connected to everything. So mm-hmm. I'm pretty in tune with the Evernote thing. I, it Really, for me, it's, it's not like I don't have the content. It's not like, it's literally just one of those things I just need to start getting it going. I have like like ADHD, right? So I'm like, like, I would say a good amount, probably half my listeners do like half my listeners are probably off the podcast right now. Cause they're like, you know, looking for a shiny penny or something <laughs> like that. But all the people that have stayed on the older folks that, you know, aren't heavily medicated, um, you know, they're, they're still here. You know, I think for me, it's, it's really just doing it. Like I have some of the outlines together and all that kind of stuff. And I have the, the collateral, the curriculum, because I was, you know, a lot of the stuff that I want to talk about is influencer marketing and, you know, how to be influential. I mean, I I taught, I teach a class at UCLA on personal branding and how to be an influencer. So it's not like I don't have the material. It's just one of those things of sitting down between, you know, my workshops and, you know, all the other fun stuff. For me, it's focusing on this one thing for however many hours I need to do it because I'm like, oh, look, a shiny penny. Oh, look, I just got an email. Oh, look, you know, so I'm, I have to like literally shut everything down, which is yeah. It's difficult for me. So we'll, that's hard. It is. It's hard to shut everything Especially down. Especially when you're so connected. But this, I will tell you, over the years, I have been able to become more disconnected or at least being able to disconnect from work and stuff. Like we talked about a little bit earlier about that. And I, so I think that for me, um, I'm getting to the point where I just really just sitting down on a Sunday and saying, hey, let me spend two hours on this, you know, each week and I can do it. I'll, this is the thing. I'll do it here soon. So that way I can talk to Andy again and, and be able to look you in the eyes and tell you that that we've pushed that date back to 94 or something like that. And now we're, we're, we're hot in the trail to getting this thing going. I hope I can incorporate all the tips you've shared to accelerate the work on my book. I know there's a ton more to learn from you. We'll continue this conversation at length and talk about your publications in the next episode. 